Hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. Hi, it's Madonna. You've probably been hearing about my new record music for a while, but I just wanted to make sure that you know that the single's going to drop very soon. I worked on this track with a French guy called Mirouet, and he is the shit. He is the shit. He is the shit. He is the album will be released worldwide on September 19th. And I hope you like my music. This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 10. Track 1. Music. Here we are. Welcome to a new century. Uh, Y2K has proved to be a... Um, a bust. A bust. <laughs> We're alive, and thank God, because here's the track to take us into the new millennium. Um, music is, is, uh, has become one of those signature Madonna songs. Major. And I, and I think she set out to make a signature Madonna song called Music. She set out to? I did. I, I think this is a song that she she was like, okay, I'm going to write a new anthem. It's going to harken back to my roots, but it's also going to be very forward thinking, and it's going to be something that I'll play forever. Well, yeah, I think, as you said in our last episode, she had reckoned with like, okay, the 90s are over. Something about this sound isn't working. I need to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. Right? She had already started to work on an album again with William Orbit and... Um, another a DJ who she who she then decided like no 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 we're not going in the right direction this isn't right yeah. she was looking for something that would stimulate her she also talks about going to a Sting concert and Sting I think in this '90s period like Sting and Madonna like are friends and become and she goes to a concert and she's she talks about seeing you know him play all of his new music and then he goes back and gets his electric guitar and he plays old police songs and how everybody in the audience was singing along and she was like music really brings the people together and she was like truly inspired by going to a sting concert yeah is where these lyrics came from yeah now then she was looking for like something that would be a sound that would feel elemental to her experimental different but also like you said like which we know especially from here on she's always trying to recapture that first album energy that simplicity totally and purity, totally right? totally totally so i think the song comes from that place i i love how when you know because the the dj was dj sasha and they were doing like really like house music they were working on house music together and william and orbert and her were writing songs and you're right it wasn't kind of coming together and and the the byproduct of the ray of light success was everyone was either working with William Orbit or making a sound that um, uh, 
mimicked William Orbit and, the, and that kind of thing. So Madonna, while everyone else is kind of going this way, and I'm pointing towards my left, Madonna's veering this way and finding something else. And she, um, she found Mirror Way. Right, or Guy Siri found Mirway yes. and brought her some of his recordings and said, what do you think about this guy? And to sign him to Maverick. Yeah. 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 She's like, actually, I want him to just make, I want to work with him or see how we can work together. Yeah. Apparently, Mirway, being a Afghani-French... I love Mirway. He's he's one. He's my favorite of the le, of the the second half. Really? Yes. I obviously I have a soft spot for my friend Pat Leonard, um, and I like how Stephen Bray so cheeky and will sell Madonna out at any chance. But um, Mirway is like he he's hung in there, and and he kind of meets Madonna where she is at the moment, and and he makes songs with her that really I feel like are genuine snapshots of where she is, even now. I mean. I I I feel both that and I also at times wonder if he's her greatest saboteur. Mm, that's a conversation to be had, I think. <laughs> I agree. I no cuz there's uh, some things I'm like, oh. Yeah, like well they really take risks together and they have big big successes like this song, mm-hmm. which is which really is a blueprint for almost all of pop music for yeah. a while, you know, and really becomes like I mean, I think it's the song that changes... It, it, it takes Madonna to a level that I didn't think that she could get to again. Mm, yeah. In a way. Like, yeah. even though Ray of Light took us to that peak, I was like, well, that was the peak. And then here's this other peak where I was like, I can't handle it. Like, music is like... Like, it was such a ubiquitous mom- song oh. at that moment. You oh, know? my God. Totally, totally, totally. Um, and I think I think the, the key to that is the kind of way that Murway, um, his music is both adventurous and and different, disco-y, but there's also a melancholy to it. And I think the song... It never it, it, it it's it's cool in that European way, and that's what makes it so exciting. She she's not like reaching out and grabbing the call our caller. She's like, if you want to come with us, come on, it's time. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Yeah, it's a little dirty too. Yeah, it feels a little like you know, it feels like sex in a little bit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, she was really interested in this, like the French sound that was happening then like Daft Punk was just coming on the scene yeah. and Air and Mirway was even from them like kind of an outlier yeah um and really had like a really kind of weird discography before this um that was sort of like all over the place mm-hmm. um but somehow with her and I think the album he was working on, Disco Science, which was his big hit song, yeah. which sounds similar to music but not as refined. Yeah, yeah. Not as poppy. Yeah, Yeah, it's a little more difficult. Yeah. You know. 
Well, and I, and what I love about this song, and and I remember when uh, you know, because I was in my first, I was I was getting the first full year of living in New York under my belt, and um, and it was a really really hard time. I I was drinking uh, quite a bit and having a really hard time balancing trying to like make a creative life for myself and survive in New York and have this relationship in Chicago. There was a lot of that stuff and I was dirt poor. So it was like clinging to things that I could actually and you know, I think you know, we talked last episode about how you weren't as engaged with this era of the next best thing and things like that. I was clinging to it because it was something I knew and I and I, it was familiar. And when this came out, I was like, whoa, this is so different than anything I've ever I've ever known from Madonna. But what always pulled me in would be the her vocals. And her vocals on the whole album are so unadorned and so raw and simple with some vocal tricks to it. But like the the, the vocals don't sound, they, she sounds way up to the mic. She sounds very close to you. It's this really interesting technique he uses where he surrounds it with all of this crazy beats and music and and changes to everything and colors are always swirling i feel like it's a swirling kind of sound and then through it is madonna's vocals kind of as keeping us on the road and that's what kind of like stabilizes the song for me oh for this song in particular yeah 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 i mean i think like um i agree I think her vocals are amazing in this, and especially when we get to the chorus and we hear that part of Madonna's voice that we don't get to hear that much, you know, that sort of yearning kind of screaming to yeah. get us to move, you know, is so pleasurable. I think on the album as a whole, which I, you know, we can't really talk about this song without just talking specifically about the album as a whole. Yeah. Like her vocals are, and she talks about this very openly, like, you know, that there are songs where they have no, um, no filters or any, yeah. anything on the vocals are really clear, which we'll talk about when we get to them, like I deserve it and stuff like that. But then there are other times, and then they go on the off far, you know, the polar opposite and they really fuck with her vocals a lot Yeah, in like, you know, um, runaway lover has it in press of instant as it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think like, don't Nobody's tell perfect. Don't tell me as the, is the perfect amalgamation of those clear vocals. And also that's where it all kind of comes together for me. And yeah. Laura. I mean, it just as uh, sonically as this whole album is like, for me, I just want to state it now and then we can come back yeah. to this. Like, for me, this is like a masterpiece of an yes. album. I yes. don't think there's one bad note on this album. This music is the it, it is the it is the leanest, the the most concise articulation of her musical vision I think she ever had. And yeah, yeah. the reason is I feel like she's developed a um with all of the time she's spending in Europe for both personal reasons and professional reasons, she's um, seeing the simplicity of things. The reason she calls the album music, it's just, it's music. And um, she, she's also at a point where she's like, you know what? There's value in just getting to the point 
and it's just me and these songs and this producer and it, there's not a concept there's not a story she's not telling a whole story it's just these are the 10 tracks just 10 tracks and I'm out totally well yeah and I think like I think after if we think about the whole 90s like it was really hard work you know um Every, and conceptual and there's all these bigger yes, things yes. going on and but this points to me to do a couple different things one is that yeah after that there's like she you know she um is 41 42 yeah and i think something happens when you hit that age and i think that's something we should talk about this whole this whole season because i think she's in what i consider like you know uh, a prime time yeah. of life right you're at the point where it's where you've you you know you let go of a lot of things and part of what you let go of is like that I need to labor over everything yeah. in order for it to be good. In fact, there's something to be said for just the wistfulness of how quickly this happened, you know, that there's not a lot of thought in it. Even if there was, it doesn't feel like it. It feels very impulsive. It feels very fresh. It feels like, the, like let's capture the energy and throw it out, yeah. you know, and that the, that power comes from being that age, I yeah. think, where you just are like, I know this is enough. Like, it's more than enough, you know? And I love that about the album. And I think, you know, the story, a part of the story is that she had, um, you know, she wanted to go, she um, w got pregnant, right, from with uh, Rocco, and she needed something to do with her time. So she's like, well, let's go make an album. And then they had like a few months to make the album. Yeah. And so she's like, let's just go do it. And she was just like, did it. You know, yeah, yeah. and it is the closest I think she ever has gotten to capturing that first album energy, like where it's just like, boom, here it is. And that it isn't like the last few albums, which have been like 13, 14 tracks, you know, it's really, yeah, like you said, super lean, like she is, you know, at this yeah. moment, like, yeah, yeah, it's really thrilling. Well, and I, I also, and we, we talked about this a little bit um, offline and I just want to bring this back up is like that that sense of all the, the there's a very midwestern work ethic um sensibility to this time because she has toiled so hard and she has put in all this time and all this effort and she's worked on herself and she's nurtured her relationships she's in a new relationship she feels like is a good one that's going to be you know a, a meeting of equals and it's a partnership and you know they're wearing each other's promotions on their t-shirts together they're a unit and it's almost like I've earned this time to kind of just do the things I want to do and uh, because I put in all this work before that I've earned this period of kind of of of, of sailing th or seeming to sail through it and that that's enough and then that's okay there doesn't have to be all this blood and sweat on every note of every track of every song on the album yeah i mean it is not it's not necessarily her most like confessional album she's already done that in a way it's really but it is it is goes back to the thesis which is music like what what about music thrills me where can i be thrilled within the sounds that i can make i think there's something too like it was such a thrilling moment for this album to come out because we had gotten so accustomed to it being like you know, before Ray of Light, it was so long between studio albums. Yes. And I just presumed that it was going to be a long time before we heard another Madonna Because Ray album. of Light was such a statement album. It was like, okay, she said something yeah. now. Yeah. And I didn't really think another album was coming. 
and I knew she was pregnant or, you know, by the time you know she's pregnant, it's like, well, then there's no album coming for a while. And then suddenly here it was. No, no, baby. It no. was so exciting. You it know? was exciting. And, and I, I just remember, I, I also love the confidence she has in her skills. And that's the other thing. And I feel like this is what starts, this is what has happened with Madonna. When she gets a sense of, of confidence around the sound, which is when she listened to the Murray demo, she was like, all right, we're, I, know what I'm, I know where to go. She knows where to go. She knows her skills are going to go with it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And you you hear it in all of the uh, all of the press around the album. Like like she knows she's she's made a great record. Yeah. And she's not worried about the reception to it. And 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 music, the song, and it's instant success. Just kind of verifies. She says, "Well, I told you so. I knew. I knew." Yeah. And I think that music is much more pared down, much more minimalist, in a way more funky. This kind of funky flavor on, mu on music, then, much more so than Ray of Light. I had a, a record store in my uh, college town called Sour Records. I mentioned it earlier where I would get all these like bootleg, or not bootlegs, but I would get like European mix, uh, singles and things. We'd special order them and everything. This guy, Steve Lewis. And I remember I was, I was in Ohio for some reason, right like the two weeks before the album was coming out. And I immediately went to Sour Records to be like, did you get a promo copy of music? Because you know, there were promo copies still being released and he goes yeah i got one but some kid from otterbein already got it so there was a new madonna fan and i know who it was and i'm not going to say his name because i'm not going to give him the attention who was usurping my connection i felt like a drug addict Whoa. without my connection also you were just like you were too old you weren't fast enough i was Pissed. I was pissed. And then I went to a party. I was a I was an alumni slumming it back at college because I was I was really lost at this time. And some and that this person was there playing the record. Uh, so I heard impressive instant that night. And I was pissed. Uh, it really right. ruined it for me. But yeah, but then I got the album. Well, you know, first of all, I mean we we do have to acknowledge that this was the first of um the Madonna leaks. Correct, yes. Um, Napster uh, leaked the album. Like two or three weeks before. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, which is unfortunate. And the beginning of multiple times that this happened to Madonna over the course of her career. Well, and she she's asked about it during the interviews, and I thought it was a really kind of very um, artistic way of responding to it, that she, she, she didn't know enough about Napster, which was kind of interesting. But she also said, you know, like, I like the idea of it uh, allowing musicians to get their work out there in, a, in an easy way. I, what I don't like is um, when things go out unfinished, when they're right. done. And right. I think that that's, that's really what starts to happen with Madonna and her work. Yeah, I mean, it gets, it gets more and more... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think that's a, that's a tough thing to to reckon with. Though, I don't. I remember like hearing a little of it, but it was only like little clips. I felt like I could hear before it came out, and it was hard to tell what it was. You know, uh, I remember hearing uh, the snippet "Hey, Mr. DJ" uh -huh. a couple times, yeah, yeah. different things, or like the. Yeah. I heard that, of yeah. like like radio stations would play. We have a a ten second snippet of the new Madonna song, right? And, right. And that started to happen, and that's kind of fun. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. That's like a little sneak peek. Let's just talk about the song itself and like the totally. the way that it starts, right? So obviously, we have this you know great opening with 
Madonna's voice flipped down a few notches, so it's like sounds kind of like a drag queen, I guess. Yeah. Um, and or then, a robot. Yeah, and then we have this really great, sexy beat and the bass line, right? That really is like the, the really the thing that that lives through the song the whole way through doesn't change at all and then um it, it builds when her voice comes in but we don't have that much more instrumentation i mean we have a few other sounds that come in that build stuff but it's really just that and bump, it takes bump, its bump. time it takes yeah. a, it it's very it's it's luxurious with its with its beat that, you know the yeah. three chords yeah. that let us go yeah and it could go on and on but what's also gorgeous about it is it's exactly like i think it's three minutes 45 seconds yeah. it's like Perfect pop song length. Yep. Um, and then what's so great is when she starts to do live versions of it, which I know we're not really talking about yet. Then it just expands and expands and expands. Yeah. In such beautiful ways. Well, and and that shows the durability of the song because I think I think it seem it's a very deceptively simple song. I mean, it's just you know versus chorus versus chorus out. Yeah, yeah. And then just kind of the the music just builds. What I love about the production of it is is every every they they add a little bit more of an element yes. with each each chorus. Yes, and it, it just builds. Yeah. And, but it do, again it doesn't become this anthemic thing the same way that all the other anthems do. Right. Like it doesn't come in hot. It doesn't go to that explosive place. But the chorus Oh, it's amazing. And it's like, who else could do a chorus that's like, music brings the people together, music brings, you know, the bourgeoisie and the, and rebel. the rebel. Like, music makes the people come together. Music makes the bourgeoisie and the rebel. Like, and Only I remember people being like, what does that mean, Madonna? What does it mean, the rebel? That's it. That's all it is. The bourgeoisie and the rebel. Yeah. Well, rebel heart. You don't need anything else. <laughs> you don't. Well, those are two extremes. Yeah. But can I be a bougie rebel? Um, <laughs> well, you are a bougie rebel. Uh, I mean, if you're going to be one, I, you're bougie. I'm not bougie enough to be bougie. I'm not a rebel enough. Well, to we be were talking, you know, remember we were talking about how there are cool clubs and that even when you're hanging around the cool clubs, if you're not it, like going to the cocktail party of the cool clubs, uh-huh. that you're not bougie enough. But right. I think bougie is a state of mind. I think. Yeah. Bougie is buying a pillow that you have to ship to your house because you can't find it in a store. That's you. That's me. I'm bougie. I like being bougie. I have no problems being bougie, but I'm not afraid to get down in the street and get dirty for what I believe in. And I think that's the difference. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Or go play in Washington Square Park on the eve of the election. Oh, you would do that. Well, no, but Madonna would and has. So I think I, I, I like this idea of... Uh, aligning the bourgeoisie and the rebel because Madonna has always thought of herself that way and never lost that. But she's also driving around LA in a in a in a you know a limous a stretch limousine with Ali G driving it and being a pimp daddy <laughs> or a muff daddy a as muff she daddy. likes to be. Yeah. But I what I love about the song it, it also kind of it, it's Madonna at forty two as an American woman. Uh, 
hearkening back to everybody. It, it's yes, very much yes. like everybody in that it's all about just getting out and being on the dance floor yeah. together. But it's told from a 42-year-old woman. She's not trying to be that girl. And it's it's like growing up. I mean, I, I never want to, you know, I, I, I've been thinking a lot of, obviously, I keep bringing up myself at 22, 23 when this album came out. And um, I would never want to go back to him. But I miss some of the joy of that time. And so I think, I think Madonna is capturing, replugging into the joy she feels of music and celebration and all of that from where she is now, where she's very happy and very solid and enjoys the creature comforts of it and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, but I also think, I, I agree, and I, but I, I think it's too, like, I think you're right. It, it harkens back to everybody into the groove. It is this variation on, on the theme that is central to Madonna's story of like, get up on the dance floor. Music is, music is power, you know? Yeah. And, and, and also equalizing. It's an equalizing yeah, force. We yeah. can all be dancing together. Yeah. And there's something about that. That's really, you know, that is, that is the revolution of love that she yeah. talks about. And then I also think like this thing that happens to you in your early 40s where like almost everybody I know, including celebrities, I don't know celebrities, but well, maybe, but yeah, almost everybody I know, including, and then also celebrities that, you know, you see talk about being that age. Almost everybody says like when you're in your early 40s, like, and I remember for myself too, like being like, I just want to go dance. I want to dance. And there's yeah. something about that age that is like, you're not young but you're not old. You have learned lessons. You know there's still so much more to do. You feel like you can let go of certain things, but there hasn't been anything that you've had to let go of that you didn't want to necessarily, though you've had pain and all that other stuff. Yeah. And there's something about that age that I think like this song totally captures for me too of like only someone of her age could write this song yeah. and do it. You know, like... Yeah. It's not a song, like you said, like it's not, it's a song of experience in a weird way. Yeah, and assurance. And I think, I think what, what, because uh, I, I, I'm always in this, like this summer, the, this summer was all about for me dancing. I went out and danced all the time because I was like, you know what? I want to dance more and I'm no longer nervous about looking uncool. I'm no longer looking around to see who's noticing me. You mean me. this summer 2022? Yeah. Uh -huh. I've been dancing, baby. I've been uh -huh. dancing and shaking it because I think it's fun. And I, and I, I love, now it is just purely celebration and it's purely joy, and it's purely fun. It has no other agenda, and I think that that's what's so great, and I think that that's what's great about this song and why it applies to so many different situations over the years with Madonna, and she can pull it out at any time and, and apply it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's really amazing, and it's a great way to just kick off the album. It's a, it's a great, it, it's gonna be an album of, of, anthems and and togetherness and and you know finding ways to draw out our 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 commonalities i guess i mean i think like the rest of the album goes in so many different directions though i don't know that it's an album that builds on this thesis as far except that it's about like exploring the possibilities and joys of music mm -hmm. like because i think the music goes in so many avenues yeah you know? Um, but thematically, I don't know that it, it sticks to this idea 
like you know um and it's not a party album though there's a lot of great stuff on it you yeah know what i mean um let's just talk about so she recorded this album the beginning of 2000 yeah right yeah and then um it came out the single came out in the middle of August or like I want to say like the third week of August she yeah. had Rocco August 11th yeah and then I think the premiere of this song was like August 21 or 22 and they were married in September right of, of and, 2000 yeah and right so this is a crazy time like right around when the album <laughs> yeah because the album came out in mid-September <laughs> yeah and I even remember when the video came out she called into TRL because she wasn't in, like she literally just had the baby like 10 days earlier. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then in the video, well, do we want to talk about the video? Should we talk about that now? I would love to talk about the video. I love this video. Same. Ride the punani. Ride the punani. Me ride in the punani. Me feel in the punani. Is you Madonna? You my driver? Is you Madonna? Um, so Ali G, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, the comic, um, Ali G, that was a character that he played when um, uh, back in the 90s and, and 2000s. And um, he had a comedy special on BBC One and Madonna saw it and just thought he was hilarious and, and made, him, made him laugh. And so she wanted him to be involved in the video. And, um, and I think when they were making the video, Jonas Ackerlin uh, had a bunch of concepts for, the, for the, the video that he wanted to do once he heard the song. And Madonna was like, well, I'm pregnant. So I can't do any, I can't get on trapeze or anything like that. And so they kind of came up with this concept that Ali G would be the limo driver and Madonna and two of her girlfriends, her real life girlfriends, Nikki Harris and Debbie Mazur, would get in the cab. Would Debbie Mazar? Mazar. It's Mazar. I think it's Mazar. Okay. Debbie Mazar. Debbie, Debbie Mazar and Nikki Harris. <laughs> but, okay. And they go joyriding around like Puff Daddy. Yeah, that's what she said. She wanted to be like a pimp. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Or like, you know, take on that role that she kept seeing in all the the rap videos. Yes, or the which she found videos. hilarious. Yeah. 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 And I love, you know, and here's another example for me. Well, there's a few things. First, yeah, I wonder, like, she saw this special of Ali G. Who tipped her off to it? Probably Guy Ritchie. Right? Probably, yeah. She's all into British culture. Yeah. But this is one of those moments where we see Madonna as tastemaker again because I was like, who the hell is Ali G? Exactly. Who is this guy? Yeah. Suddenly over the next 10, 15 years, he's like everywhere and everything. Yeah. You know, so Madonna gets that capturing moment. Um, I don't understand what he says to her at the beginning. Do you understand it? <laughs> I tried so hard to, to figure it out. <laughs> I don't get your Babylons look less big than they do on the telly, but I still definitely would. He's basically saying, like, you don't look as, you look different than you look on film, but I would still do you. Yes. And then she's like, you wish. You wish, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and I don't think any of her dialogue is, it was actually shot that day. I feel like it's all, because we never see her talk. Well, we see her in that moment where she rolls down. He rolls yes, down the window. Yeah. But no, in the car later when he takes off the CD and she's like, "Um, can you put my music back on?" Yeah, or she's whatever. To, it's not happening there. That's an overdub. <laughs> They're just like driving the. Um, 
I, I didn't understand the because Ali G they made a big deal about it that he was going to be in it and I was like who is this guy and when yeah. I saw it I was like I don't get it I don't get it I don't either I didn't get it no I didn't get it either at the time but now I understand yeah um, and it's funny because then oh. I think it was like a year later or even less that he was on HBO and he had like an HBO yeah, special oh yeah, yeah. and I was still like I don't get it <laughs> um, but you know that's my way with um, and I know for all our listeners who are in Britain I know you guys know like that the humor sometimes doesn't translate it's about the rhythms like there's a rhythmic um, the rhythms are just very, very different, yeah. and 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 the way that they tell jokes and they have humor in the, because uh, I've joked around with my my British friends and colleagues, and and it, it, it yeah sometimes it, it, it slams it, into each other. Yeah, you know, it's funny is um, years ago, and I was thinking I could be Madonna in this moment. Years ago, Sheldon, my husband, had an opportunity to work in London, and uh-huh. so he went over to work there for like three weeks and I went and stayed with him for like 10 days and we were like, could we live here? Could we do this? And did they rent him a flat? Yeah, (laughs) they did. And it was in, I don't remember the name of the area, but it was beautiful. And um, we were really happy and I was like, Oh, I could totally do this. But Sheldon, Sheldon had a few issues that made me, had cause for alarm. Now it didn't work out, so it didn't. We didn't have to worry about it. But one of them was before that he had had a job opportunity in Brazil, and he was like trying to get me to learn Portuguese with him, Portuguese. Um, and so we were like studying, and I was doing a really bad job, but he was doing really well, and he was like becoming kind of fluent. And I like could. I think I only re- only word I really learned was conhecença, which is like excuse me. Um, so I'd be like, Con licença, I don't speak any Portuguese. Um, so anyway, he was super, so that seemed to be an easy transition. But when we went to London, he was like, I don't understand what anybody's saying. And I was like, they're speaking English. He's like, I can't get it. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, I, I didn't have that problem, but I was, I was interested that to him, being in England was going to be a harder transition, like than learning Portuguese yeah. and doing that. The other thing it's was a very tr- Sheldon challenge. Totally. The other thing was like the sides of the road. Like he was like, I almost got hit by a car three times because he was riding a bike everywhere and he was always on the wrong side of the road. And I was like, Sheldon, that's why you didn't move to England no, is because no. he couldn't understand. No, the job didn't work out. But. Well, so so when I'm in England and I love being in England, it's like one of my favorite places in the world. Um, I I I come in and the uh, the cab drivers are always like, "Whereabouts are you from, Mark?" And I'm always like, "Cause I have this like weird accent right. where I'm kind of Brooklyn. I'm also kind of Southern. And I kind of yeah. And and then I and and when I get off the plane, I'm not kidding in Heathrow, and it's not affected. I start to get an accent, just I, like Madonna. I, it's weird and. So I'm like, oh, I'm from, you know, <laughs> and then like, where that's you from, Mark? And I'd be like, oh, I like Sussex. No, I'm from Sussex. <laughs> my, my family's from Sussex. <laughs> um, but I, I love this video because, you know, they go, they, they go to a club, they dance with some hoochies, they yeah, go they to throw a strip money club, at strippers. They, they, everyone kind of gets in the cat in the car with them. Yeah. And um, and and it also shows Madonna because because during one of the interludes, Ali G uh, starts singing like a virgin, and oh, everyone yeah. groans. So well, that's when she he takes off the CD. Yeah, she's given him a CD of her new music to play. Yeah. What are you doing? Yo, Maradona, you know when you do your next single, can I be in it? Because I was well good at rapping. Like a virgin, uh, like don't need no urging. Got me a surgeon, gonna rock with the Please virgin. Please stop. For real. P- 
put my music back on. Respect. It's the beginning of that, like, I'm, I don't want to do the old stuff. I want to do the new stuff, and I want to be new. And you, there's also this sequence. So because Madonna is pregnant, she and, and Debbie and Nikki basically are shot from the waist up, yeah. and they're also seated in the car a <laughs> yeah, lot. And yeah. it's a really great video, and it's really um, genius editing by Jonas A- and directing because he does make it move and they do seem like they're dancing yeah. even though they're sitting and not really yeah the graphics kind of amazing the graphics the cutaways the cartoon sequence in the middle exactly well and the cartoon sequence is good because if you watch it Madonna as superhero kicks down her old song titles yes which I thought was very interesting wearing like an American like a red white and blue outfit this is getting back to my American woman Woman. theme right she's also in a cowboy hat in the car all white so she's like you know she's leaning in this is the well she has this whole western theme with the whole album yeah you know that's on the cover like the wild like that's all the images are her in like sort of wild west or midwest you know country farm look right and i think but, it's but gaudy and like grand old opry kind of yeah like rhinestones and totally. loretta lynn kind of things but and, with like a, a taste of electric there's something yeah there's something like that's not totally authentic about it obviously yeah like, which i think is this interesting well it's great because it's like it's a euro record for all intents and purposes but all of the visuals are are seeped in americana yes and that 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 cross-pollination of the two makes it a global kind yes. of statement. I mean, everybody she worked with on the album and then around the album are European. And she talks about that a lot in interviews because including like Mondino, who did a lot of the styling and who is credited with coming up with the whole look for the whole album of yeah. you know all the images and, and the image that she carries through the whole promo- promotion of it, you know, yeah. all the cowboy hats, all the stuff. And, and I, I just think, again, it's so interesting that like she felt more American to me when she was outside of America Yeah, um, that she's really looking at it. And of course this gets more hyper, the lens of that gets hype more and more over the next four or five years. And as, as America goes through a, a bunch of tumultuous changes yeah, and yeah. horrible things are happening here historically. And um, there is something very interesting about being outside of your country, watching it happen. Yeah. Just the way it's trans tra- um, shared with you via the news and everything. It's a very illuminating, you see it a different way. Yeah. Well, and Madonna has this, this is, this is the first of two times where she's left America when we've moved into a super Republican. Yeah very conservative time you yeah, know yeah. and like really has left america like you know like um and it's it's interesting yeah. like um and and admirable like or i envy it in like wow you know talk about bourgeoisie yeah like <laughs> oh in 2016 if i had the means and ability to go live somewhere else decamp to portugal <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop, stop! But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Exactly. I mean, and and I also love the moment uh, uh, when she uh, starts DJing with all the oh, with the yeah. Hindu all arms, hands. all the goddesses. Yeah. That's a great moment. Of, and and it's just so much. It, it's such a playful. Yes. part of the video yeah. which so she's clearly having fun with it she's enjoying it and she's not taking it that seriously which i kind of love yeah but it's also and it's also an interesting thing because i don't think there's any other time in her life where she could have had like the lead single and the lead video where she's like well i'm not going to really be able to do all the stuff because in a way like you know this song kind of was begging for like a big dance 
video. Do you know what I mean? Yes, and yet it, it it's not a song until they start doing it live where yeah. it really makes it doesn't it doesn't ha, it doesn't have a dance like I don't know how I would da- have danced to it until I saw Madonna do it. And live. it's not really like a dance dance like like in um Don't Tell Me which I can't wait to talk about where there's choreography. Yeah. It's really like just boogie. Yeah. Um boogie which, is one woogie. Of my, which is one of my favorite parts of the song where like boogie woogie. Uh. Uh, oh, uh. Love it. Um, this was a huge, 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 huge hit. Gigantic. Huge hit. It was a big, big hit. It was her first number one. It knocked uh, Janet's "Nothing Really Matters." First off. number one. It since oh. "Take a Bow." Okay, okay. Um, her first number one on the Billboard charts, um, and it was you know again it was kind of you've been talking about how she's becomes um, uh, some kind of an icon, and this is like the next step in her becoming going from artist to icon yeah um they clearly in the mtv music awards in 99 were clearly pushing her towards that yeah. and now she's delivered the goods yeah to show that oh yeah i am an icon and i'm still making That's relevant right. work i'm jumping a, another level higher yeah. this is the first time at this time where all these other artists start to talk about how much like how they how much they admire Madonna and what she's done like i remember Gwen Stefani being like i mean at this age to make a, a song that about like that's music is amazing i remember like at the there was the the music album um premiere like where they had a big party and all these celebrities came in like we can't wait to see madonna we can't wait to see madonna people had never met her before yeah. and even like ice t in an interview is like Madonna is a warrior. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think that to me is like, that's it. He, he's like, anybody who's lived in this music business for as long as she has, like that woman is a fucking warrior. Yeah. And like, she still turns it out. Yeah. Like, and everybody felt that way. At this well, moment. and, and, and it's, and it's, it's setting the bar for the next kind of chunk of time. And I think that at this point, a lot of other musicians who had been in the business that long were starting to be nostalgia acts. And she clearly has no interest and is actively choosing not to. I mean, it's a very, very interesting. And, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to the Drowned World Tour. I mean, that tour has nothing to do with the past at all. Yeah by design and I think there's also and I think that there's a whole number of reasons why in addition to her own creative stuff why that happens yeah for but sure. but you know like th- this shows that she has a place that she can go with the next era of her career yeah and it kind of makes her take on the role of icon in a way that feels um, very powerful versus, okay, you're an icon, we're going to give you this uh, acknowledgement, now go off and be done because you're an icon. Well, you said icon more than I thought you would. Because I know, you were I'm, like- I'm trying to get it around my mouth. I'm trying to get <laughs> used to the feel of it in my mouth. Um, well, I think, I think the thing that to me solidifies her icon status this year are the live performances she does of music in November, December of this oh. year. Well, th- right? th- this and th- this this is a time that I'm like, oh my God, why wasn't I there? Um, in uh, November 5th and then on November 29th of 2000, she did two club appearances, <laughs> one at Roseland Ballroom in Times Square and one at the Brixton Academy. And I think they, they, they each 
How many people do you think Roseland fills? I mean, it's a couple thousand, maybe. A couple thousand, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Brixton's yeah. like 33,000, not 33, 3,000 people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Small venues. Yeah. But she brings out, I think it's six songs that yeah. she do. Yeah. And all from, no, she does one old, she does Holiday, She right? does Holiday, yeah. Um, in, in London. I don't think she did it in, in the U.S. Right. And she starts those shows with Impressive Instant, which we'll yeah. talk about. But... Um, the music performances are amazing and t- sort of tip us off to like how this song is going to play live. Yeah. And it brings in this element, which I really want to save till John world, but I, I'm going to say it now just briefly is this element of this is part of her icon status. And what I mean is not only are the performances great, and we have Nikki and Donna on stage with her. Welcome back <sighs> ladies looking great, looking refreshed. They're ready to go. She, her body is now in this place. You were talking about this muscular place. She's just had a baby, but she looks like she's been working out. She's powerful, strong, centered. She's blonde, blonde, but again, the sort of um, shoulder length hair, a little less than shoulder length. She, but it's really about the visuals because what this brings to my, you know, all the visuals that pop up before the song starts and even during the song are all clips from all of her other videos. Yeah. And it's just this reminder of like, this is all me motherfuckers. I'm here in every way, you know, like my, I'm here, but I'm here and here and here and here and here. Yep. And, here. Yep. and like that sort of, that like solidifies this Madonna brand yeah. you know what I mean yeah um, my favorite of those I love those two performances I don't know if we want to talk about the one that we can really talk about which is the Brixton one which there's video of um, I don't know if we want to get into it or not or um, I think well let, let's 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 talk about it as we talk about those songs because okay, like great. you know like she does Runaway Lover the only time she did great, it live great. was during that okay so we'll yeah. see for then um, but uh, I think you know my favorite she then does music on um, in your in the European MTV Awards yeah but then my favorite performance of it is at the, the Grammys. Grammys oh what the car and the and the and yeah and the and the coat she comes out in the a limo drives up on stage right um driven to, by bow wow don't forget Lil bow wow yeah he's Lil bow wow who she takes off her fur coat and hat and puts it on him and he's like all right see you later <laughs> I'll be here in the car. (laughs) She gets out. She's in like this all black outfit, long sleeve, really beautiful. um, And she starts singing the song. And they've refined the song, the the live performance of it a little bit. It's tight. Yeah. yeah. Because in the European version, she sings that first music. And it sort of echoes. But now the girls sing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just like takes off. Right. They have all the live drums. She gets she she rolls herself up onto the top of the limo, and then she just starts to let go and really dance. It's like so fucking fabulous.
wearing a Material Girl. She shirt. takes off that jacket yeah. and she's wearing Material Girl. And I love this. I love these message shirts she's yeah. wearing. She wants one with uh, with guy where she's like Mrs. Ritchie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she wears for the premiere. For the, um, she wears one that says, "What's the name of his movie that came out?" Snatched. Yeah. He wears. She wears a snatched, and he wears a music snatched. T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. I loved. That. They were really sweet then, and that and, was a good time. That was a good time. And I really was hopeful. <laughs> well, there's a lot to come. There's a lot, a lot to come. I, I, I also love these performances, and I, and I, I kind of. The the Grammy one definitely sets the tone for what the tour is going to look yes, like later yes. that year. And her hair is she's got the like what it feels like for a girl yeah, like straight yeah. bob, and it's it's such it's so powerful. And yeah. I think that that's the thing that anybody that had counted her out yeah. in the nineties, and even even like six months before with the next best thing, like yeah. horrible reviews, but she's here again. I mean. It, it, she's indestructible yeah. in this in this weird way at this time, and at the same time, I also feel like she's done the work on herself. Like she's not suffering behind the scenes, behind the smile, and behind the work. She's like really enjoying it. To- she's a hundred percent enjoying it. I think the thing about these live shows is that it's so it's like it's it sets the that sets the um like you said it's it sets us up for the tour but it also sets us up for this you know what i would say is well some would say it goes all the way through rebel heart but i'd say you know maybe the next 15 years of truly the greatest live performer yeah and that she's like those eight years that she was away like has have left her feeling so hungry to be on stage and yeah. to really really perform she's there to fucking do it yeah and it really yeah. transitions her from yeah she'd been selling tours before but now it's really that becomes the central thing that's where she makes most of her money it's the biggest part of her career for a while yeah you know but there's something about her live performance you're like oh yeah she's this too you know, yeah, and um, oh, I like that, and yeah. so good, so good, and 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 you know, we're talking a lot about her. She she also the touring also allows her to see the world, and Which that she talks about, and that feeds into all of her creative energies, and yeah. so she's able to go and in these tours that we're talking about. I mean, she goes everywhere, yeah, everywhere. She wants to. She says yeah. that. She says she wants to. There's a great interview after, I think it's after the Grammy performance, or it may have been the European performance, where the guy interviewing her says, When you went on stage, it was like five degrees higher than anything else during that night. Mm. Did you feel that? Yeah, I did. It was really nice. Yeah. But I've been around a lot longer than the rest of them, so... You know, stick around 18 more years and you can get some loud applause. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes it's very good. There were a shitload of remixes for this song over the years. Um, And this was also because it was the first single off the brand new Madonna album. Maverick and Warner Brothers gave us a gorgeous maxi single and all kinds of mixes that were happening. I mean, they called it an EP. It's gorgeous. (laughs) There's an hour plus. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite. These singles, the three singles from music, uh, this and Don't Tell Me and What It Feels Like for a Girl, the mixes are all... 
amazing. Every single there is not a dud amongst them. My favorite is the is the Tracy. This is one of the Tracy Young uh, graduate degree mixes. Uh-huh. There's one called the Young Collective Mix. It's 13 <laughs> minutes long, and this song, you guys, this shows Tracy Young at her best because she breaks this song down. I think it's six minutes in before we actually get Madonna <laughs> singing Hey Mr. DJ. It is so good. And it's and it's both spacious and full and she it, 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 and, and and doesn't doesn't deny the song's French roots. It's so so brilliant. Yeah, I like that one a lot too. I mean, my favorite, and I know this makes me kind of a softie because I think it's the most melodic of them is the Groove Armada oh, yeah. club mix. I mean, yeah. I just love, I, I always want a concert to start with those strings and, you know, like to bring us into this world. And, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's a really great, like, and you said, I think all, like, the, the extensive remixes for all of the songs that are singles, you're holding the CD and, like, the art and the, yeah. the colors and everything is just so gorgeous. You and know? it's just, and it's so planned and so thoughtful. And, yes. and she really cares about Which what she's Which is crazy because it world. sounds like it was so, in, like, fast. Yeah. You know? 
but there's something to that too, like of like, oh, sometimes things have to happen fast. I also re- I really love the deep dish mix, um, and also um, the Calderon radio mix uh-huh. is re- there's an edit. I think it's like four minutes, and it's really really good too. I, all the mixes for this, and and this is also something that I think um, starts to happen. This is when mashups really get start to get really popular, and Madonna has a ton of artists who have mashed. They've been mashed up. To Together over the years, and they pick music. Music's yeah, a great song yeah. to do that. Um, including my favorite, which is a mashup, and I remember being trashed at Roscoe's in Chicago when they played this, and uh, and I danced and did all kinds of unmentionable things with people on the on the floor. Um, it's Madonna and Stevie Nicks's Planets of the Universe. <laughs> okay, um, and I blame Liz Rosenberg for this because she made. Manages, she was the um, uh, she was the spokesperson for both of them at that time. And um, Stevie Nicks had an album out in 2000 called Trouble in Shangri-La, which was her first release as a solo artist since 94's Street Angel. And a lot of the songs on Trouble in Shangri-La were old, old Fleetwood Mac and solo stuff from like the 70s that she kind of pulled out and redid. And one of them was Planets of the Universe, which is this beautiful, like, slow song but then she made into this really big dance mix as you could only do in 2000 at Warner Brothers and then they mashed it so it's planned to the universe with music and it's amazing it's like 14 minutes long and it's them going back and forth trading vocals and it's awesome all right I'll check it out it's really 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 good Um, the final thing I think we should just mention, uh, because this is the time, um, this is the first project, music is the first big project that Carice Henry is Madonna's manager for. Uh, yeah. uh, Freddie DeMann has retired, um, as he should. He's Freddie DeMann. He's, he's put in his time. And now Madonna has fresh management, and it's a woman named Carice. Um, she was her assistant for years, Carice Henry Norman, and now she's Carice Henry. And she is gonna man- she's in the driver's seat with Madonna for the next you know, foreseeable time, uh, kind of moving Madonna forward through the world. Amazing. Power, man. Women. Pussy. Muff daddy power. Until <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time. Bye. Do you like to tango? Oogie woogie, do you like to be by? Oogie woogie, do you like to mambo? Oogie woogie, do you like my acid rock? I think that music, music, that music thing that we have in the in the beginning should happen there. Oh.